Before we start the podcast, we just wanted to pay our respects to Kobe Bryant. Today would have been his 42nd birthday. We're thinking about you today. We're thinking about Gianna and all your family. Happy birthday, Black Mamba. Johnson is three-point territory, but guarded tightly. Johnson cuts left, now fires a three, and it's good! And he's fouled! A four-point play by Larry Johnson! Welcome to the 4.3 podcast. Sammy here, Alberto over there. My man, how are you? I heard you're was, still catching. You're still catching up on the games. Yeah, because <laughs> it's like a second job, like we all know. You know, NBA fans, we all know it's a second job when it comes down to the playoffs. I'm I'm very happy to hear that you're still watching the playoffs uh, without just checking in the page, watching the score, and be, and watching you know 30 seconds of highlights because. We've had some good games today. Um, yeah. And let's talk about, I guess, the one game which uh, certainly was exciting today, just to kind of like get up to speed. But uh, OKC, OKC Houston going to overtime, the win mm-hmm. by Oklahoma City, Thunder, the missed shot by Chris Paul to win the game in regulation. But uh, he certainly had a big game. I think all the commentators were talking about how uh, that was his redemption game. What did you think of uh, the OKC winning? Well, it was a fun game. You know, I, I definitely enjoyed it. I'm enjoying playing SGA because I can't really pronounce his surname. <laughs> uh, Shai Gilgius Alexander. Uh, it was a lot of fun, especially the last two minutes. It was so petty, you know, with Chris Paul and, and, and James Harden just going at each other. And then that stupid foul by Chris Paul. But then he, again, he redeemed himself, like you said. Uh, it was a lot of fun. You, that's the kind of game that defines a series, like you know very well. You know, if you if Houston goes up three zero, then it's it. That's it. Uh, yeah, uh, now we have a series. Do you think they can repeat that in the next game or like three more times? Well, Houston missed a lot of threes, and you know Houston is a it's a make or miss kind of uh, make a miss shot kind of team. So. We'll see. I think Houston, I was impressed with Houston defense in the yeah. in game two. I was really impressed. I'm like, wow, they're going, they're going to beat the Lakers. Um, but <laughs> whoa, whoa, you know whoa, what? whoa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know what? This is actually a series going on right now. I still think, I think I gave, I said Houston winning 4-2. You said OKC winning. So I don't know. I haven't seen... I haven't been impressed with OKC, honestly. I think they're still adjusting. Their players are not, you know, great players. But we'll see, you know. I think, um, yeah. Well, look, so far my prediction is, is still correct, you know. But, uh, Mine too. I, Mine too. <laughs> I have less and less uh, hope that, uh, that OKC is indeed going to pull away with the win. But let's see. As you said, it could be a game which defines the series. But, um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure. Mike D'Antoni was... Super pissed that uh, about that Chris Paul foul shot where he uh, kicked uh, Daniel House in the in the groin. I don't oh. know if you saw. Okay. No, I haven't been able he, to see that. I, th- I think he wanted him kicked out. Um, that was a pretty dirty play by Chris Paul, and apparently he was ejected when he did that in uh, in high school or something before. So he's he's known to play dirty, and uh, okay. that was uh, certainly certainly there. So that was fun. Um, yeah, like yeah, I look, said, I, I only. You know, the, I only watched the um, the game with the with the Rockets commentators because ESPN wasn't working, and ah. they 
they just said, oh, this dirty little place by the little man. I'm like, <laughs> wow, a <laughs> guy played in Houston for what? Four years um, or three years. I don't know. And yeah. Like cold. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's going to be, look, dude, we, we don't have many open shares at the moment. And actually I saw a tweet yesterday. Someone said, when are we going back to, you know, five games first yeah. round? And honestly, I disagree. Uh, I'm actually enjoying it because back in the days, upsets were, I think, more frequent. I just love to watch the series developing. And I think that for, you know, first seed, second seed, they just get into the groove of the playoffs. So it helps, it, it helps the quality of the playoffs moving, going ahead. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go back to five game first round. I think I think there's arguments both ways. I think the other parties, well, then you can get you can get some upsets, and uh, that's exciting as well to see. You know, uh, like a, a big dog falling, whether it's the first seed or second seed or whatever. But uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think I think it's good as well to have long series. I think the the other part of the argument is longer the series is, the more chance you have of injuries and uh, player player getting injured. So. You know, mm-hmm. should we go back to f- best of five so that the best players can get, uh, you know, in the best shape for the conference final and the finals? But um, I think I think there's arguments both ways. I enjoy I enjoy the series. I don't know. I don't know what you, what you thought about. I guess these first few games in the bubble, but uh, I don't know. Certainly, like if actually best of seven in the bubble makes that much sense because it feels to me so far that. The series are, you know, we know who's who's going to win already. There's not going to be that many surprises because you don't, it's not like, well, the uh, the other team is going back home and now they have the crowd with them or they don't have the crowd with them if they're going away. And so they have to win, you know, uh, on the other team's uh, floor, etc. You don't have that in the bubble. Um, do you think well, that's... Well, definitely. <clears throat> Sorry. Do you think it's going to make a big difference in, in those players? I think in my, well, the crowd... Home court advantage is massive. It's massive. Yeah. It's a major factor. Uh, series change when you, you know, when you go from one city to the other. There's no doubt about it. You know, I think yesterday my, my best friend, Chris Weber, was saying, oh, imagine <laughs> if, you know, if Boba Marjanovic comes in after that amazing game two and the year rank and, and the Dallas crowd is just going to, stemmed up for Boban and then Harrell versus Doncic. It's kind of, it's a different game, but for the players, yeah, I'm sure it's a different game as well. It's, you know, it's, it's a different game this year, but the players have been competitive. I've seen in my point of view, a lot more of involvement from the bench coming from the players. Um, and we've seen a couple of brawls yesterday, a couple of ejections. Um, there's some trash talk, but you, you cannot say, oh, this is like the normal playoffs. Not at all. Not at all. Because imagine if you have to play in Denver, if you have to play in Toronto, or even OKC, that would have been not, like so different. So different. Um, so I definitely, I definitely miss the crowds. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, let's I get think... used to it because in the next two or three years, that's going to be the case. Yeah, possibly. Who knows? I think that the, the biggest, like my, my, my biggest hope is that when we get to the second round, all the teams have adjusted to playing with no crowds, to not having that home court advantage or disadvantage when they're, when they're away. 
and remembering that it's a best of seven uh, series. And so even if, you know, they're down 2-0, they can still come back. Even if they don't have the crowd, they just need to find the motivation inside. And I'm, I'm hoping that by the second round, the teams will have adjusted to that reality of it's not different if, you know, today I'm playing at home or I'm playing away. I got to show up and I, I got to win that game. The same that OKC did today, basically. Exactly. And, but um, then also the players are less tired. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's yeah. something that Zach Lowe has, has commented. The players are pretty much back home in 30 minutes. Um, they don't have to get on a plane. They don't have to go through all the interviews by, you know, not just the, the major media, but also the locals, um, newspapers and whatnot. And by the way, have the Lakers just blocked three shots in a row and then <laughs> two shots? Yes, yes, wow. they did. I love yeah. that you're commenting live. <laughs> yeah, they have. That was a pretty amazing play, uh, sequence yeah, of plays, I, certainly. If you want, you know, I'm not the host today, but we can, <laughs> we can get into it because the Lakers are up 14 with 50 seconds left. So Yeah, so let's talk I, about I, this series. Okay, mm-hmm. my, my impression when I, watched, when I was watching right at the time when you were watching was, well, it's been three minutes where Portland is basically so tired and exhausted that they, they, can't, they can't do anything. They, they're done. Um, certainly in this game, and maybe they have one more game in this series, but I don't see them winning uh, or, or coming back, despite the big splash that they made by winning game one. What are your thoughts based on, based on the outcome of this game? Well, I agree, but I think that also a lot of attention is on the, on the Blazers. I think people are forgetting that the Lakers actually get number one, that the top in the Western Conference. So, you know, they're not playing on number four, number five, and obviously the Blazers are not a number eight. But still, these are the Lakers, and I still don't think the Lakers are going to go to, you know, to lift the trophy at the end. But oh. these are the Lakers. <laughs> you know, you got, you got LeBron James has just seen... I've just seen Anthony Davis pretty much dominating the the, the fourth quarter, and but what I'm what I'm concerned is you can't you cannot win a title playing Caruso, Danny Green, and Kuzma, who by the way has been a known factor whatsoever in this year so far. So far, yeah, not today, certainly. You, you, <laughs> you cannot win a title, uh, especially when you know you got the Clippers on on the other side of the road. But hey, the Blazers are going to lose 4-1 or 4-2. And that's it. Like, good season and see you next year. Good on you, Carmelo, for coming back. <laughs> I, I, think, I think I would go 4-2. I don't know what my prediction was. but uh, it, Well, it looks like a 4-2, certainly. Uh, let's talk about the elephant in the room, the thing that we're most, I guess, concerned about. Uh, and something which is kind of a... <laughs> I have, I have a bit of an argument about it, but... Uh, Dude, I want to cry. Your, your, your good friend, Luca, is, uh, he turned his ankle, sprained ankle. Apparently, he's questionable for today's or tomorrow's game. By the time mm-hmm. the thousands of listeners that we have listened to this podcast, the, the game will have been played, but uh, he's questionable. I think... Um, but we don't know if he's going to play or not. Apparently, it's, yeah, it's going to be down to the last minute. Uh, he came back after, after spraining his ankle. He came back on the court. He was clearly hobbling, uh, could barely run. What, what are your thoughts? What were your thoughts when you, when you saw that? Well, honestly... <laughs> Apart from crying. 
<laughs> when I saw that, I just turned off the TV. That's it. So I didn't actually see the Luca coming back until you told me. Ah. Um, yeah, because I, I was too much for me to see. Like, I was too hurt. My point of view is Luca has finally shown the NBA that he's 21. As in, let's be honest, I love Luca, but he's been behaving like a, like a bitch, dude. Like a brat? <laughs> like a brat. Yeah, that's the right words. Like, oh, I'm crying, you know, Montreal Zarel. He's like hitting on me and blah, 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 blah. Like, Luca, don't play the big guy. You got a bright and huge future ahead of you. Uh, sit down. It's fine. Maybe you'll play in game five if you feel like it, but let's not mess it up. There's no point, you know, let's think about Kevin Durant. Obviously, it was a different kind of injury. And usually, you know, we all had a sprained ankle before. That looked pretty bad. Yeah, it did. I would not play. And I would just get, you know, Porzingis finally to step up and play one game as a factor in this case. But I wouldn't play Luca because obviously he wasn't, he wasn't the usual Luca when he came back. Like, you can't play like that. Unless you say, hey, we are Dallas. We think we have a real shot. Like, I'm not kidding. We have a real shot at this series. And I think we have a real shot at winning the champ. Then you play Luca. But are you serious? Like, if they beat the Clippers, then they have, most likely they have Utah. And what is it? Oh, Utah's 2-1. Yeah. And then, <laughs> I don't know. They, and then they have, they have the Lakers. And then they might have Milwaukee or Toronto or Boston. Yeah, let's not kid ourselves. I don't think the Mavs are here to, to win the, the title. They may think they have a chance and Luca might be, let's say, uh, uh, I was going to say stupid, but young enough to think that he has a chance and he's been there. He's been, you know, the MVP of EuroLeague and finals and like he's, he has been in big games and he certainly believes that he can win. But you know what? He's it might just cross my mind and sorry to interrupt you. Luka Doncic in the Euro final with Slovenia against, I can't remember who, and I'm going to Google it now. He got injured. He didn't finish the game. He celebrated with all of his teammates just lifting, lifting him up. Uh, ah, I, mean, that was... I don't remember that. Yeah, he got injured and he wasn't able to get back to his game. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll check it for you. In any case, yeah, they, my... they played Serbia. And he only had eight points and seven rebounds before he fell out of the game due to an injury. So my, my biggest point here is that, like, why is the Dallas, uh, uh, let's say, uh, yeah, coaching team and, and training team letting him get back on the court when he is clearly injured and hobbling? Like, I don't, I, I don't care. That a big that mistake. Yeah, I don't care you're 21. Oh, well, not that you're 21. I don't care that you're the superstar of the team and that you say you want to go. Like, we, you have to protect your assets and your future. Like, the guy yes. has 10 years, 15 years ahead of him to win the title. Like, what, what, is, what are the Mavs doing putting, putting him back on the, on the court? Uh, I, I think agree that was with really you. a very stupid decision. Even if I he agree said, with you. Yeah, even, even if but, you said, well, I want to go back and I, I have to go back, we have a chance to win that game, blah, blah, blah. It's a long that's series. True. But I agree with you. But I think that Luka Doncic is not as tough as Dirk Nowitzki, but he's getting there. Did you see what happened? Like he got injured <laughs> and then he just, oh, no, not, not when he got injured, when he got his first technical 
you know, got back to the bench and then Boban and a few coaches were there to calm him down. He's like, shh, shh. You know, he just moved his hands up and down, like, shut up, just leave me alone. He's the franchise <laughs> player at 21. He's going to be there for 10 years. If he says, I'm playing, I think Rick Carlisle has to call Mr. Cuban. Okay, Cuban. <laughs> I, th- I think we are right there because Luca don't no way Doncic is not playing today. So, so he's, for him, for him, yeah, if he was if he was done to his. He, he's the other take. I think you're right on this. Is that okay? If we tell Luca, if we if we don't let him get back in the game, is he going to be pissed off enough that he's going to say, "Well, that's it then. I don't want to play for the Mavs." Like, is that going to be an issue two years from now, three years from now, when his contract is up? Is he going to remember, well, they didn't let me play when I, or like they, no. they're preventing me from, from playing, da, da, da. Is that the long I game think that the Mavs I think he's smart enough in, in a year or so to understand, or in a couple of months, to understand that that was done for him. <laughs> in any case, I must say, um, he's certainly been a very, very good player in this series. Some could even say the MVP so far. They only done 2-1. Um, so you might be right with your predictions, but uh, let's see. Let's see how this series develops because Kawhi hasn't said his last uh, his last word. Um, Man, I, I I disagree with you, oh. and that ex- <laughs> that excites me because can you even imagine what Luca's stats or performance are going to be when he actually plays really well in the playoffs? <laughs> hey, first game he had uh, how many turnovers he had? He had 11. more turnovers than 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 assists. Okay. So, yes, he has the ball a lot. I'm interested to know his, what his usage rate is. Uh, and he's only won one game for the team so far. So that's not good enough, man. That's not good enough. I'm sorry. Kawhi's been clutch when he needed to. He put the free throws. He's making the baskets, the right pass. He's the MVP <laughs> of this series. I, I, know, I know this podcast, you know, we only have an hour. But if you don't want to talk about <laughs> playoff P... Then let's not talk about him, man. Paul George, let's talk about it. <laughs> He's the player in NBA history history to have the most games under 25% field goal percentage. Really? Yes. Wow. Wow. That's a pretty big... Eight uh, games. It's a pretty big record to have. <laughs> Eight games. It's disappointing. But anyway, sorry. I think he will still be there and show up when he needs to. He's not needed in this series. He's playing like crap and they're still winning 2-1. Okay. okay. That's fine. I think, right. I think he'll, he'll be there next, next series against, well, clearly against Utah. Or is Denver going to come back? Does Denver have what it takes to win against Utah? I haven't seen it so far. Man, first of all, they should have been 3-0. Up 3-0. <laughs> and what a first game. Like, what a first game. It was great. It was great. Obviously, to start a playoffs, what a... Amazing, and then Donovan Mitchell with 57, but Jamal Murray. Um, I don't know why, I don't know why, seriously, but the Ender looks like they have to fire Mike Malone. Oh, I don't know if it's the coach issue. I don't know if it's a coaching issue. I think they're really missing two of their key players in Gary Harris and Will Barton. Um, I think Michael Porter Jr. has demonstrated that he is a rookie and that he can, he can score yes. baskets, but he, he can't play defense. And, uh, you know, Tori Craig and Paul Millsap and these guys, they're not going to get the job done. So that, that's what do you think? Enough. Is there a chance? I don't think there's a chance for, for 
Based on the three games that we've seen, certainly you have to say Utah. And again, I think it's one of those series where not having any home crowd is going to make a massive difference. Uh, yeah. Because I think, I think Utah is coming back next game. And if they're playing like they're playing, Rudy Gobert is playing better than Jokic, both on offense and on defense. And that's a pretty big statement because like, we haven't oh seen God. Jokic so far in this series. Where are you from again? <laughs> Where are you from again? Well, don't don't tell me I'm don't tell me I'm wrong. Ah, yeah, Gallinari is playing amazing. What a playoff! <laughs> what a, what a playoff performance by Marco Bellinelli, who is at home watching the playoffs. <laughs> you know the French player who has impressed me the most in this uh, in these playoffs, yeah, Timothée Luawu Cabarot from the Brooklyn Nets. Play- let's talk about it. Scoring like Clay Thompson. <laughs> Man, I, I think the best thing about that guy is his surname. <laughs> it's got like an amazing symphony attached to it. I love it. Can you say that again? Timothée Luawu Cabarro. Luawu Cabarro. Wow, that's beautiful. It's like Che Gilgis Alexander, but it's uh, in French, so it's a bit easier French, to pronounce. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. no, look... I've I've actually enjoyed watching watching Brooklyn, you know, show up and be a sparring partner to to Toronto, so that they they can get in a in a good rhythm before before the next series, the the real matchup against against Boston. Because let's not kid ourselves, I think Philly is also done, unfortunately. Um, and guess who's yeah, gonna so be been... get swept, Joel. <laughs> uh, so you're you're the Philadelphia 76ers general manager. Uh, you have, uh, what's his name again? Uh, that's Elton Brand. Elton Brand. Uh, you have big decisions to make this, uh, well, this autumn, not summer, because summer is almost gone. Who, well, do you fire Brett Brown and who do you trade? Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons? I, I, I fire myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry, I love Elton Brand. I love him. But, you know, he signed Tobias Aries on a four-year contract, he signed Al Orford. So he's got three more years. Al Orford's got three more, two more years. No, three more years. No, sorry. Tobias, four. Al Orford and Joel, three. And Ben Simmons, five. What do I do? I don't know. Is there anything you can do? Well, you can try it. You can always try it. Let's, let's, you, you can try it. Embiid, Simmons, Harris, the whole roster except Embiid and Simmons, if you want. Mm. But... Uh, Yes. Because the, the thing is, they weren't even playing well before. They haven't been playing well this So even before Ben Simmons got injured, mm. I was definitely expecting more from Josh Richardson. But, you know, he's only on a. He's actually two, been good. He's actually I was been expecting good against more. Boston. Yeah, I, mean, I see what you mean. But compared to how bad the other players have been, he's actually the bright spot in this, uh, in this series yeah. for Philly. Yeah, of course. And the thing is, you can't really give Tobias Harris a 40 million, um, 160, I think. Jesus. Uh, million dollars. And Al Orford, I mean, that didn't work. That didn't work. But, you know, we go back to last year's free agency. What you do is you just call everyone and just come up with, with, big, um, with, with big offers. Um, you have to give up draft picks. You have to give up good players. They're probably going to ask for Al Orford. If you trade Al Orford, which is pretty much, you know, you're not going to get anyone oh, to get Tobias Harris right now. 
You're probably going to get Al Horford, but they want Josh Richardson. Or they want, for example, Matisse Thibault. I would get Thibault. Um, But you know what? Like they said, they should have... They should have kept Jimmy. Uh, they should have kept J.J. Redick and Marco Bellinelli. Because they played really well last year. Um, yeah. They were one shot away from well, at least having from, a real from, shot at, at uh, getting into overtime and then possibly exactly. winning that game against Toronto. So, yeah. So, you haven't answered my question. You tried Ben Simmons or Joel Embiid. Who do you build your franchise around moving forward if you're the Sixers? I, you can only keep, keep one. I you, keep can't. <laughs> I can. you can't. I can't. Someone's going to take the, the, full, the blame for that. Oh, Joel. You trade Joel? I trade Joel. Yeah, he's lazy. <laughs> he, he's stubborn. He loves to shoot from threes, which is not bad because he's actually pretty good. But I trade Joel. I keep Ben Simmons and Joel, where is he going to go? I don't know. So, like, I don't like the fact that he's a... He's a He's a giant. He should score 40 points a game. Obviously, it's a different game, and I don't know how Shaq would have played 15 years ago. Yeah. But, man, in the last two minutes, three minutes, do you ever see him in the low post? Mm. And obviously, it's on Brad Brown as well. But at the end of the day, he's the one who plays. He's on the floor. So. Is, he, is he the, the new DeMarcus Cousins? Uh, amazing offensive player, uh, like offensive talent who's going to be played out of the league just because it doesn't doesn't fit anymore. Um, my question to you is: If you trade Joel, it's very likely that you're going to get less in return than if you trade Ben Simmons. So if you if you trade Ben Simmons, you're more likely to get some very good assets in return, whether it's draft picks, players, etc. I don't think the trade value of Joel, despite him maybe being the better player, um, is as high as Ben Simmons. I would rather have a guy like Simmons in my franchise as opposed to, to Embiid, even if Embiid is the better player. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes sense. You're so, right. Uh, yeah, I don't think Elton Brown would do that, that kind of thinking. He's not, he's not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's interesting. But you know what? That's, that's for next week. Because for this week, do you think the Sixers have any chance to win one game, first of all? And do you think the Sixers have a chance to actually win the series? It's, I, I, I'm very, I have been very positively impressed by, by Boston and Tatum. He's just so good. Insane. He's Insane. just amazing. And I think, I think the fact that Hayward is injured is like, I, I don't think, even if Hayward was playing, I don't think that would be taking away from, from what Tatum is doing. That's how, how, how great he is. He's been. By the way, everyone's talking about, oh, you know, the, uh, the Sixers made a major mistake. They traded Foles. Knock, knock. Do you want to talk about the Lakers drafting Lonzo Ball? <laughs> I mean, Instead Jason of? Tatum was yeah. impressive. Tatum, yeah. Impressive. I think we knew, we knew the Lakers were going to take Ball. I think there was, uh, at yeah. the time, it was just... It was, it was a Hollywood move. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so there was, there was no, no thinking further than that. And Ball is a good, is a good player. He's not Tatum, but he's a good player. Um, do you, was it you who sent me that crazy stat? I think I'd, I just love it, so we have to share it. Markel Fools has made more threes than Al Horford yeah. and Tobias Harris in these playoffs combined. It's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I really like Tobias Harris. Uh, he's got the body. He's got the, the shooting technique. He's, he's, he's got a lot. But 
Hey, he's playing awful. He's playing awful. He was, he was better when he was a franchise player. Yeah. I don't know what's happened to him, but yeah, it's just not working. Look, I, I think I, I don't see the Sixers winning one game. They may. They may. Um, I don't see it happening, but we'll see. Uh, they're going to have their back against the wall again. Uh, let's see if they can at least win one. I, I don't see it happening. So it might be a sweep, yeah. which would be it's really not going to make a big difference anyway. Yeah. We haven't spoken about Miami uh, and Indiana, which, yeah, I mean, Miami is really impressive. I think they're going to give some real trouble to Milwaukee in the second round. I'm very, very impressed by their quality yeah. and their MVP. Really, Duncan Robinson is an amazing player. He's really the MVP of, uh, of this series. Who's that? Duncan Robinson. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta give it to you. <laughs> I gotta give it to you. Ah, uh, good. I, I wasn't sure if you were gonna take that uh, that hot take. If you were going to agree with that, look, Jim, well, Jimmy's been really well. Jimmy's been yeah, amazing. He made a but, layup. Uh, he made two. He, no, he made one. He, made he tried two. <laughs> look, Jimmy, Jimmy's been great as well. But certainly, Robinson hitting those threes like it's practice. And guess what? There's no crowds, so it is like practice. Easy. That's the thing, dude. Like, I, I just wanna like this virus has changed so many things. But yeah, yeah. Can you imagine like Duncan Robinson playing? Milwaukee's a good, you know, it's a good um, arena to play in. And even Indiana would have been. Even so, in Indiana, know, like, yeah. Tyler Hero, like hitting a three, like it's training time. I'm like, nah, I wanna see these players on real playoffs. But Jimmy Butler's been impressive. Um, I don't think we should even talk about his, um, how do you say his, the conversation, getting to conversation, TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler. Ah, yeah, no, no debate anymore. Yeah. <laughs> Been there, done that. I think G- Jimmy before the series said, let's not, let's just not talk about it. Like, I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like this is, it's not a story. And he's proven that it's, there's no, there's no story. It's like, he's way better than TJ. But let me ask you one question. What about the box? letting Malcolm Brogdon going away for nothing. Oh, yeah. Look, uh, I think, uh, I mean, I love Brogdon. I think he's, he's, he's been the best player for, for Indiana. Um, and again, in this, like for, for Milwaukee, I'm again, we can again see that Bledsoe is just not, he doesn't seem to be cut for the playoffs. He's great during the regular season, but George Hill is outplaying him. George Hill, who's 56 years old. I don't know how old he is, but he's not. He's old and he's slow and he's playing better than Bledsoe, who's meant to be the starting point guard and like a dog on defense. And George I, is I don't know. 34. I, I would have, well, 34 for a point guard is really old. Um, so, yeah, look, I'm, I'm very, I don't know why they made that move. Brogdon was clearly the better man to keep over Bledsoe. And I know they just they had just paid Bledsoe, but I don't know. I would have tried to find a contract for someone to take his contract and uh, and keep Brogdon. But it is so, what it so is. Do they you, have. Do you already want to talk about the conference semifinals, or <laughs> we can we can do that next week when it's uh, when it started when it started. Yeah. So how how are you rating these playoffs so far? Uh, out of uh, out of ten, out of uh, I don't know, twenty sixteen Miami Spurs. You know, uh, finals versus uh, 2014. 
Yeah, what was 2014? <laughs> yeah, that was 2014. That, that's when no, I 2014, think 2014. Four, four series or three series went to game seven. There were three games seven. Honestly, I give it a, uh, give it a five and a half. That's not, that's not very high. <laughs> that's not very high. Uh, I don't know. It's good games. It's NBA. There's not, there's not much, you know, many games going down to, to the final shot. It's not exciting. It's, I mean, it is exciting. I mean, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. It's exciting, missing the crowds, missing, uh, you know, a few games, a few buzzer beaters. And, and the gap is too big, especially when it comes down to lots of important players, not, not top players, but important players missing. Like, can you imagine even Brooklyn, I'm not saying KD or Kyrie, but I'm saying Dean Whitty. I'm saying even Michael Bleasley or Jamal Crawford. They make the they would make the offense so much better for Brooklyn. Yeah, yeah. Um, the only series, I mean, I'm enjoying two series so far, and one is obviously Dallas Clippers because I want to watch. Um, I want to watch Luca, <laughs> and and the other one actually. Well, there's only there's only one. There's only been one so far where I'm saying, oh, I'm gonna watch full game because because yeah. um, the other ones was Lakers Blazers at the beginning, but. You know, I think we're going to get great conference semifinals for sure. Yeah, but I agree. I think in the other series we've had, we've had good games sometimes, like, I don't know, uh, game one, Denver, Utah was great. Uh, game three, OKC, Houston was great. But overall, yeah, you're right. I think the only series so far, which I think there's like, it, it could go either way, is Clippers-Dallas. But I think game four is going to be... I mean, if Clippers win Game Four, if Luca doesn't play, I think the series is over. If they're up three-one, I don't, I don't see the Mavs coming back, even if they have an amazing offense. What do you think of? What are you thinking of Seth Curry? He's good. Great, he's, he's great. He obviously got, you know, he obviously knows how to shoot. Um, he's a really good player. Dallas has impressed me. Honestly, I haven't watched them as much as I, have, I should have, but they've impressed me. They impressed me their offense. People were saying, oh, you should trade um, Tim Hardaway Jr. for a better defensive player and someone who can shoot threes. I, the only thing I don't like about Tim Hardaway Jr. is his contract. But aside from that, he's a good player. Um, I think Dallas goes to the finals in the next few years when KD yeah, realizes what his talent is. Yeah. Um, that's it. That's the reality. I agree. I think, I think, I mean, when you have a guy like Luca, uh, if, and when you're a good franchise like the Mavs, like a well-run franchise like the Mavs, you have a real shot at uh, getting to the finals or at least getting very close. And, and sorry, they're missing Dwight Powell and Jalen Brunson. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a really good team in my point of view that could actually have played the Denver Nuggets in because you know they just lost a couple of games in the bubble but they could have yeah. got up to number six yeah and if if that would have been the case they could have possibly got out of the first round in um great what do you think of uh, nick nurse coach of the year well deserved well deserved and the nba seriously demonstrates once more how amazing they are at not just social media but with media you know the, the not sure if you've seen the, the the message from his coach back in high school, um, Kyle oh, Lowry and no. Fred Van Vliet. No, that, that was amazing. He didn't know. Like, they just invited him to the studio. Not to the studio, sorry, to the bubble studio. And yeah. just 
saying, hey, we got to ask you a couple of questions. And then they invited, he's obviously invited, quote unquote. They had a video from his high school teacher. And okay. he said, you know, I just wanted to say congratulations on, on your great career and also on the fact that you won coach of the year. So Nick Nurse got, he was moved. He got teary. And then Fred Van Vliet and I'll send you the link later. But one question I wanted to ask you is, What's going to happen to the Houston Rockets when Westbrook comes back? Well, that's, I think that's a great question. I actually wanted to talk about it and I, uh, I had forgotten. Uh, it's a good question because I think they certainly have been able... It's, the, it's a good question, but it's actually a question that we've had uh, the answer to for the last three or four years, which is if the Rockets keep running like this, James Harden is going to get tired by the time he gets to the conference finals. And he's not going to be able to carry the team, continue carrying the team in game five, six, seven, when it matters the most. So the reason they got a guy like Westbrook, the reason they got a guy like Chris Paul was so that James Harden could be relieved a little bit from his uh, offensive duties and delegate to someone else. So far, I mean, without Westbrook, it's great. It's Harden and four shooters around him. No center anymore. Like, And it's just, you know step back threes or kick and drive and kick and it's working really well. But I think when they get to uh, the semifinals and certainly to the conference finals, they will need a second guy on offense who can create his own shot and uh, be a difference maker on the court. The liability with Westbrook is that he's not a plus uh, defensive player. But again, we've been, I've been very impressed with uh, Houston's collective defense having guys like Tucker and Covington certainly helps them. Um, so, yeah, maybe they can, they can hide him a little bit on defense and uh, get away with it and, yeah, continue their, their great run. Some people are saying uh, that Houston has a good chance of winning it all. Uh, so. Yeah, and I agree. I agree. But I have one last question for you. PSG, Bayern Munich, who's going to get it? <laughs> Yeah, I, I followed, uh, I haven't watched, I don't watch the, the games, but I, I did see that PSG was in the final of the, the Champions League. I did see that uh, Marseille decided to ban people yeah. from wearing the PSG jersey, but then they had to remove it because the PSG supporters took offense of this, whereas they actually wanted to protect them. So they said, don't wear your jersey because you're going to get, you know, you're going to get yeah. jumped if you go outside with a PSG jersey. Uh, in Marseille, um, but uh, so yes. Anyway, that's friends for you. I haven't seen I haven't seen the teams play, so I will say go PSG. But you know, it's a team which is owned by Qatar, so I don't feel like it's a French team. <laughs> yeah. So okay. yeah, and and I heard okay. Bayern is a very very good team. So where where are they playing? They're playing in Lisbon, in mm. Portugal. Yeah. It's like they have their own bubble. Yeah, well, I think I think I think Bayern is the favorite, right? Are they? Yeah, uh, it's gonna be a good game. When is it? Tonight. So oh, four forty-five in in Australia. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'll I'll check the score tomorrow then. <laughs> All right, man. But right. but enjoy the game. Thank you. I will. <laughs> All right. Cool. Well, it's been a pleasure. Thank you, and uh, we'll see you next week when we will get into the second round of the playoffs and uh, looking forward to looking forward to it all right man speak to you next week have a great afternoon talk to you later bye-bye back out to allen history pilot